The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to the Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Off the balls, Will O'Callaghan with me now. There is a lot to talk about. Uh, Will, I know people are expecting us to start talking about Klopp. Can I ask you something else first? Go on. Six Nations full contact. You were underwhelmed. I was, and I'm still only at this point. I was, I was underwhelmed when I tweeted about it. And I still haven't watched the second episode yet. Mm. So I'm assured the Italy episode is better than the first episode. Apparently Ireland is quite interesting, but that comes with a caveat. If you're familiar with Andrew Porter's story, that's very much central to episode three. So I've been urged by some people in the office to stick with it, but I was left very underwhelmed by the first episode. Yeah, I asked because I watched it last night, the first episode as well. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, not like yourself. I didn't think it was bad. Hmm. I mean... I'll put it this way. If there was some sort of copyright dispute and Netflix said, we have to get rid of it, would I care that I can't watch the rest of it? No. But I probably will watch it. Yeah. You know. See, my issue was... It's easy watch. It's fine. It's incredibly easy to watch, but I kind of wonder who it's aimed at. So Yes. I was talking about this last night. Go on. Producers were saying that they wanted to have it accessible to a non-rugby market, but also at the same time that your hardcore rugby fan would want to watch Mm. it. I'm not sure if it straddles that line. So the match coverage looks amazing. Clearly they got 4K cameras down, pitch side. They're able to make everything look great and they add in the extra sound of the collisions, which is kind of weird. Things that obviously didn't happen at the time. Mm -hmm. They've overdubbed the commentary to make the narrative work a little bit as well but I just felt that you get what should have been very interesting the relationship particularly between Finn Russell and his head coach in Gregor Townsend where they've clashed multiple times over the years and I felt like I never dug below They only flirted with that Yes Yeah they really should have got into that I thought as well and as well the the idea of who's it aimed at they don't explain how rugby works No I actually thought the first episode would explain how the Six Nations works There's only about 12 countries in the world that probably play it Yeah You know what I mean which leaves about 180 90 odd countries that don't play rugby Surely that audience, you need to explain who the fly half is, what they're actually doing, who the guys in front of them are and who the guys behind them are. Because apparently, again, for those who've skipped ahead, because I didn't read any of the reviews until I'd watched the first episode, then I went, are people thinking the same as me on this one? Scrums and lineouts are never really talked about. So it's almost made to look like it's a game that flows from one end to the other end of the fly half. (laughs) People will be bitterly disappointed. The the forward union will be (laughs) so angry about this. But yeah, no, I'd agree with you. I think if the first episode is started by maybe explaining that the Calcutta Cup is the oldest competition around, this is the biggest, oldest rivalry in world They don't even explain what that is. They show them drinking out of the Calcutta Cup. Uh, and if you didn't know any better, you'd watch it and think, so is this the end of the tournament? Why are they celebrating yeah. with a trophy? Yeah. You know, we all know what it is because we're fans. But anyway, 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 I'll I saw it, you tweeting I'll give it a bit more it, time so during the weekend ask. and we'll see. Um, let us talk about Jurgen yeah. Klopp now because this is the big uh, sporting story of the day. At this stage, surely everybody has heard it. Uh, as every news organisation in the world, it seems, pushed it uh, this morning. He's going to be leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. Um, it, so he gave this interview um, in to Liverpool TV, uh, yeah. Liverpool TV, wherein he talked about his kind of exhaustion. He's just tired, can't face going again. Have we had any more uh, expansion on that? Well, the real expansion on it is that he say he told the club almost two months ago. So it was November that he had told FSG that his plan was to step down at the end of the season. So we're receiving this news now at a very curious point of the campaign because Liverpool are locked in a title race currently with Man City in the Premier League. They're into the final of the Carabao Cup final next month, where they'll play against Chelsea. 
and the dream will be there for them to get to the Europa League final in Dublin at the end of the campaign. Interestingly, with the way things are shaping up, they could end up playing Chabi Alonso's Bayer Leverkusen in that final because mm-hmm. Leverkusen, top of the league in Germany, unbeaten in all competitions, are looking probably one of the other stronger teams in the Europa League. What a final that would be if it was to come around. But Klopp has given people a lot of time to digest this news. I think people were just so shocked because my first instinct when I saw the video earlier, because you can imagine friends, WhatsApp groups and stuff yeah. starting to light up, you're thinking, he signed a new contract when they say Jürgen's got a bit of news for us yes. you're not expecting Jürgen Klopp to go well you know it's been a wonderful nine years or so I've been at the club and uh, I'm going to see you at the end of the season I'm gone it's so hard to measure what he has brought to that club not just the title so six major trophies along the way including the 60 European Cup and also breaking their long wait to win the English top flight which will have him remembered forever in the annals of Liverpool yeah. history but I think the connection win that it he again made this year, but they could I mean look they could win a European trophy in the Europa yeah. League and maybe win the Premier League but he's guaranteed his place in the history of Liverpool 50 years on from Bill Shankly also making his announcement and shocking everybody at the time uh, Jurgen Klopp has left with just this huge connection uh, with people around Liverpool as well and I know we can kind of joke and it feels a little bit shallow maybe the talk about culture and so on but Jurgen Klopp has genuinely bought into the idea of that club And I assume the announcement comes so early in the season relatively early I mean we're in the second half of it and everything but it's a long way to go I assume it's because FSG need to put out feelers or they want to put out feelers as to who might take over from him. I would think so. You know, I, as in, I, I don't know, but you, you get a sense that uh, this announcement is being made randomly on a Friday in January yeah. because there was a feeling that, you know, more and more people are hearing the news within and somebody's going to leak it. Yeah, and look, they could well be further down the road than we know when it comes yeah. to trying to find a successor. So Chabi Lonzo was asked this afternoon in this press conference and he said, look, I'm happy at Bayer Leverkusen. Let's see how things are going in the summer. He would seem the outstanding front-running candidate right now. You would think the last two years have basically ruled Steven Gerrard out even though he was seen as the man in waiting in his first couple of years. Mm. particularly after Rangers it felt like maybe this could be a guy who's ready to go his move to Aston Villa was meant to be all about getting acclimatised to Premier League football and now he's going to be spending another two years in Saudi Arabia having agreed a new deal with El Adifak so it hasn't worked out for Gerrard the way they planned I don't know if there are other left field options but it would seem that Alonso unless they're going internal Premier League with Roberto De Zerbi it would look like Alonso is the the standout Alright Lee Carsley might not be the next Irish manager is that the news today? Yeah I think there was a swimming pool full of cold water poured on the speculation yeah. which was out yesterday today so again you have to be mindful of where the speculation is coming from so primarily it started off this morning with a few reports here in Ireland I know it was in the Irish Examiner and Dan McDonnell had the story in the Irish Independent as well that Carsley has maybe wavered a few times during the talks which are going back a few months at this stage and that it wasn't as far advanced as maybe it appeared yesterday yeah. where the talk was at the Basically, the FBI raped Oh, he was splashed all over the newspapers. It looked like yeah. kind of this was this, as good as done. So this board meeting is coming up on Tuesday. And even though the more important date was seen to be the draw in a couple of weeks' time for the Nations League, that they wanted to have a manager in place before that, it would seem it's certainly not as advanced with Carsley as that, despite the fact there were all these rumours yesterday that a four-year deal had been offered at a meeting that took place last weekend. From Carsley's point of view, and this is what the Daily Mail reporting from across the channel, was that he's considering staying within the FA system, that maybe he could have the same career path as Gareth Southgate I think that's maybe a little bit fanciful because Southgate probably wouldn't be in this position if it hadn't been for the sting operation against Sam Allardyce a few no. years ago I think Southgate ended up getting uh, put into that a little bit further advanced than the FA would have planned to do so but we shall, we shall see what happens with Lee Carsey. I mean, Neil Lennon is obviously still in the running at the moment. It's believed that uh, he also spoke with the FBI before Christmas and is very keen on the position. Mm. I don't know about Roy Keane, pun not intended there, when he said this week that, ah, oh, it's a part-time gig, it might suit me. I can still do my TV stuff and sure I could go over and work a little bit here. I don't know if 
of Keane is being seriously considered. Yeah. It feels like the FAI had put a lot of eggs in the Carsley basket. Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, you imagine. <laughs> uh, I think you'd need quite a few, not just one of the benefactors of old to pay his contract. I think yeah, sev- several of them. Um, Gaelic Games back this weekend. Well, proper competition back. The, the so-called pre-season oh, warm-up oh, competitions are done and dusted. I tell you, they were the phony war of all phony wars this time around. When you hear about some counties who were due to play each other in pre-season competitions, sent the kids out and the two teams went behind closed doors and played with their first teams against each other. I know, it's a That joke. maybe shows you what's happening. But, but anyway, the National Football League proper is back. Is back this weekend, yeah. I mean, look, Conor McMahon said into his last year with Monaghan, they go to play against the reigning All-Ireland Champions Dublin at Croke Park, which would be interesting tomorrow. I think for me, most of the interest is going to be around Division 2 and Division 3 though. Because we saw what happened last year with Westmeath where on the back of winning the Talton Cup they had a place guaranteed in the All-Ireland Series yes. and they had a really good summer last year which felt like they really built on what they'd done the season before they're the big favourites to come out of Division 3 we know that Meath are short of a place in the All-Ireland this year because they won the Talton Cup in the summer just gone they're in Division 2 which also includes Jim McGuinness's Donny Gall who by all reports in pre-season and bear in mind it is pre-season mm-hmm. were playing some really good football up until they met Mickey Hart's Derry in the final of the McKenna Cup which was won by Derry you even have that little bit of intrigue about can Derry win Division 1 potentially this year under Mickey Hart how hard is Mickey Hart going to go at it early in the year when the Glen players come back in maybe to bolster that Derry game too so like you have those kind of narratives that are yeah. coming in Armagh will be trying to get back out of Division 2 into Division 1 again but you really don't want to find such yourself such a short season now all yeah. of this matters you know it's 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 not like days gone by where you might have said listen this is this is still slightly warm up territory not yeah. at all yeah like I mean the Championship and League are linked now because of the yeah. situation of where you need to be at the end of the league campaign to actually play in the championship so no guarantees for a lot of the teams who are in Division 2 that they'll reach a provincial final to be guaranteed that way so they'll want to finish as high up in the second flight as they possibly can Will O'Callaghan of Off the Ball Will as always thanks a million The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.